May the Force Be With You, 1977, Star Wars. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is the forest, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Hello everybody, I'm Jamie Ward. I'm the host of the Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I'm concerned, the only podcast that's 100% devoted to the movie Silver Linings Playbook. And the book, The Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, I just want people to know too. I don't know if everybody knows that's my actual theme song. I recorded it myself. I'm not saying it's great, but it really is uh, a theme song I made just for the show. I'm not singing that every time. And we're actually recording coming to you guys from a brand new studio. We got new mics, mixers and equipment and stuff. So hopefully this podcast will start sounding even better and better. That's right. Uh, I'm dumb enough to invest in getting an actual legitimate podcast that is all about silver linings playbook but hey this is our fourth episode so uh i i I definitely it's not the fastest project i failed on i just want to prove to you guys though we're not gonna play the whole theme song but just so you can hear it's not me singing kind of crazy she's a little insane see i'm singing along with it is a real thing my favorite thing about the new studio is that we have uh, sound bites and, and a soundboard now. So, uh, it can still be a date if you order Raisin Bran. That's right. It still can be a date if you order Raisin Bran. I can cue that up instantly. It can still be a date if you order Raisin Bran. That's really the whole reason we're doing this. Uh, that is the quote that got me super excited about the movie Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, let's let's just jump into it, right? This actually should have been the first episode. Um, I am just going to watch Silver Linings Playbook and let you guys know what is going on the whole time. Uh, we can't like watch it all together on the screen. I mean, we could. If you want to, please hit me up on all the, the social media. It's Silver Lining Playcast uh, at Gmail is, is our email address. And we are also on Instagram, on Facebook, under the Silver Linings Playcast. But anyway, we are going to watch the, um, you know, however much we can fit in. We try to aim for about an hour episodes of Silver Linings Playbook. So just know it is going on in the background. Carol uh, Psychiatric Facility, Baltimore. The whole family's together. So, yeah, I'm just going to be sort of narrating what's going on. It is... I love the opening. Uh, it opens up with Bradley Cooper, Pat Peoples uh, being in, in the psychiatric facility, and he's sort of like being positive to himself. It's an interesting thing. I'm better now. I hope you are too. And I'm going to appreciate Hey, I'll be there in a minute, okay? He's trying to pump it up. Dude, also, the funny thing about this, okay, just so you know, this is going to be a rated R podcast if you hear any of it in the back normally i try to keep these things to pg it is a rated r movie so if the movie is going on in the background you can know that it is probably going to be a rated r podcast because i can't uh the i really like the music from it um it even though if you aesthetically the film and the music makes me feel a little bit like it's it's commercial for like at&t or something 
So now he's walking down. He just spit the pill out from underneath his tongue. He's at the the group session. They're going around. Uh, Chris Tucker is introduced here. His friend Danny. He is so great in this. Um, it's and it's so funny because I'm gonna say it's so funny all the time. I do wonder if. Because, like, in the book, you almost think he could be a fake character, and there is some interpretation of, of Danny being an imaginary character in this movie. So, you know, I don't know. You see him at the psychiatric place, so you never actually know, like, is Pat manifesting him to, to get him out? Is, uh, is Pat manifesting this whole movie? Does he actually ever leave... The psychiatric facility. I don't. I don't know. Uh, he just got in the car with his mom, who is played by Jackie Weaver, and she is fantastic in this movie. If you guys remember her as the mom, but you're not super familiar with her as an actress, look her up too, because she, she, she literally goes through a physical transformation. She, you, if you see her. Uh, how she looks. I think she looks a lot younger. Like, she made herself look even older. I mean, she's, yeah, she's a senior actress, but um, she really sort of transformed physically into the embodiment of who they wanted for the mom in this movie. And, and not only that, like, her acting is fantastic. It is so good because she's sort of the only grounded character in this world of absolutely insane characters. And so... Uh, her her performance is such a nuanced performance. We talked about this, I think, two episodes ago. Maybe it was last episode where she actually was nominated for for an Academy Award, um, but did not did not win it. I think Anne Hathaway won, or I don't remember. We were talking about it. She did. She won won some other awards. Just great performance. I love. <laughs> This is so funny because they just got the call from the psychiatric ward. Uh, they, um, Bradley Cooper, Pat, had asked if his mom could bring Danny home, and then they just got a call from the hospital, and the hospital said he is not supposed to be out. So, now his, and this is this is like a perfect example of his mom just nailing the role right there. Danny has such a great friend, too, because he takes such accountability for, like, him always lying to try to get out. Every time he gets caught, he's just like, yep, that's that's my bad. I, <laughs> you got me. Don't blame Pat. And, and right now, there is such an... Okay, the scene transition is Danny is in the back seat, and then they just fade to the back seat when he's not there. And that's the kind of transition that really makes you wonder like, is Danny just in Pat's head because that's the kind of transition that you would use in, in film so often to signify like a dream sequence or usually some type of like uh, mental transition it can be a time transition too but you never know so okay here we got uh, Robert De Niro Pat's dad, he's, <laughs> see, he's, he's starting to be talking about his sports gambling and stuff. So, you know what, we're going to pause the, pause the film just a second because, um, 
All right, we're back to the movie. Gotta keep this fun, right? This is not just being all serious about this. I'm like, so one of the things I was gonna do, I was going to read all of the books on. Oh, you know what? Okay, I didn't realize this. I haven't watched the movie since I read the book. And one of the interesting things about the book is how there's a whole storyline about Pat's memory loss. And in uh, in the movie, it's not super addressed that Pat just sort of comes out of the hospital and he comes back and, and, and it's because he wasn't gone so long in the book you know i think we talked about this in the episode about the difference between the books and the movie he has a lot of problems like trying to remember stuff but i just i just saw in the film right he walks by pictures and he sees his brother on the wall hung up and then his is is a lot lower just basically resting on the table not hung up which i think is a just that is a great little visual to say sort of where he feels that the family feels about him and his parents are trying to love him. Like his dad wants to have a good relationship with him in the movie, not in the book. But there, there are those little clues. And that's why this movie was so good too. There's, there's visual filmmaking skills that are used to make it an even better movie. It is. The agreement that we made it's another it was a plea bargain with the court. Talking and what we should do is we should plead that and then I would serve eight months and then I can get out. It's all under control. Well, okay. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. So what are you doing with yourself? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a restaurant. It's gonna be a cheesesteak place. Gonna he's gonna start a restaurant and he's also the <laughs> <laughs> and his mom gives the way that he's been running uh, a sports betting business. And so I think I, I feel like that was different. I'm, so I'm not an expert. I don't remember every single detail from the book. I've read it three times, but a lot of times I've listened to the audiobook while I was on the road or something. So I don't remember super well all the details about it. But uh, I, so I don't really understand why the Robert De Niro character is like, I think in the book he he had a better explanation of having just lost his business in the movie they're just sort of like ah, he's he, he lost the job so now he's gonna start a restaurant or he's into sports gambling I think I have that backwards I think in the book he lost the job and so he goes into running sports betting in this one I don't know why he's not doing anything I don't know. I'm not an expert on Silver Linings Playbook. I'm just a casual viewer. And if there was a resource out there, if anybody has any resources about the movie Silver Linings Playbook, uh, books, movies, TV shows, podcasts, explaining all the things about this movie. <laughs> no, I really, I, sh I should become the authoritative, um, authoritative source of information on this. All right, it's night, and they're about to have... See, he's reading A Farewell to Arms, which was the bell jar in the book. The book of Silver Linings Playbook. He's reading a different book. For some reason, he's reading Farewell to Arms. And parents go to sleep. And he's just... He's reading this to understand his ex-wife. The and then he goes crazy. 
This is uh, this is one of those parts where it's like it's it's a dark part early in the movie because he goes into them. I always remember forgetting this scene the first time I watched it, even though it's super critical because it sort of shows where his mental state is. He's out of the hospital, but he's not ready to because he basically you know almost assaults his parents but he's just he's and i'm not justifying this i'm just saying but he's 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 frustrated because he's trying to understand stuff and he's having a bipolar episode and it manifests itself through physically acting out too but this is also one of the places where Robert De Niro and Jackie Weaver are so good. This is an opportunity where they could have overacted. I mean, and I don't think they would. They're great actors. But I'm just saying, if, if it had been different, I, you know, if they had... If they had cast me and one of my friends, we probably would have overacted back and made it a big family fight. Um... Not sure why, like it's a completely star. I don't remember this scene. His dad's running. I've watched this movie a million times. I never remember Robert De Niro running, and Robert De Niro enters the scene running. The first time Pat goes running in his sweatsuit and trash bag. To be fair, I probably have never seen this movie before. <laughs> Actually, Pat did not go running. Okay, so, so like I said, I have not memorized this film shot for shot. I've just seen it. So he's checking in to the clinic now. And I think... Are they going to play the song... Um, yeah, they're playing My Sherry and more, and he's he's about to flip out. That song is gets gets mad at all the other. I can't. What do you mean you can't? I don't have the controls. I'm sorry. Doctor Timbers put you up to this. Is there a speaker here? Doctor Timbers. He's about to go see his psychologist. He's having an act out, uh, flipping out, getting violent. It, he really should have probably would have gotten sent back to a uh, psychiatric facility if this was real life. Or at least, like, kind of should have. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. You, you need to suspend disbelief to make a movie. But he definitely has had several big violent outbursts. And then he calms down. That's one of the things I do think that might be a little sort of fantastical and fictional about this film in in their portrayal of mental illness. I always think it has a, a very respectful and trying to be realistic tone, but I think maybe that he sort of exits his fits very easily and that the world uh, accommodates him so casually around his his fits might be a little fantastical and inaccurate for what would be good to, to portray. But, you know, part of that's from just storytelling, too. It's like if you're going to 
tell a movie, sometimes you have to shorten things. They can't be realistic, so you're just cutting them down. All right, so we're having we're having the flashback. He's talking about. Uh, this is when he finds his wife, Nikki. Uh, it's cheating on him. I'm seeing the flashback. We walk through his house. And seeing her clothes all over the place. And then, um, all right. And this this is where he talks about the song. This is so weird. Because, I know, so there's not really great, uh, not fantastic visuals. Of the actress, but it's so hard to tell because she's her hair is all wet, the shower, and, and there's a lot of camera movement, and it's hazy. So I almost didn't even recognize that being the same person at the end of the film, even though it's sort of not a real opportunity to have a really distinct memory of what the character looks like in this film. I mean, I guess if I was a bigger fan of it and had just looked up the actress too, I could have seen that. So that is one alternative, but I'm just little Jamie fact. I first time I watch it. And every time I watch it, I always feel like it's two different people, the Nikki from the flashback and the Nikki that we'll actually meet at the end of the episode episode of at the end of the film, which we probably won't have time to get to on this episode, but we will cover in another one. And you guys let me know if you want to, if, um, if this is an even worthwhile thing, if you want the next episode of this, of, of me commenting on the film to be the next episode, or we can put that down the, the road too, or I could just put it up as uh, an episode and not really, um, not broadcast it we just we just place it as like an extra bonus episode because nobody cares anyway when i'm when i say nobody uh i'm also talking to nobody i can't believe now so i i have been contacted uh i do know several people have listened to this podcast for various reasons the people have contacted me or such and thank you guys so much for that i can't believe that there's nothing kinder you can give somebody than your time there's nothing worse you can do to somebody than steal their time so you are the best in the world for listening to me and i am the worst in the world for tricking you into listening to me we are now in the living room where Pat is trying to watch a football game with his dad, and his dad has all these little superstitions. I love this. I'm, that's If I said that for every scene now, I love this. This is so funny. And this is like when I was talking to Nick in the last couple episodes about how I love seeing Robert De Niro in a... Com- oh, oh, they're all excited. Love how superstitious he is. I have my own little superstitions too that I make up, and it's absolutely terrible. Let's pause. No, I don't know. I don't know how to pause this. So we're just going to keep going now. Oh, let's do this for a couple seconds. Yeah. Patrick, please. Patty, 
All right, now we're getting to the really good parts of this movie. And I say, when I say really good parts, Pat is running. Pat is running in that trash bag and just the sort of iconic Silver Linings playbook thing. He is running around his town. He goes by the high school to see where his ex-wife works. He's not supposed to be there because he has a restraining order. And he sees one of the other teachers... I'm pretty sure he's not supposed to contact anyone. I don't know, but I'll work full time, half time. I'll work. I'll sub. I'll work history. Whatever you want. Yeah, let me give you a hand. If somebody's been in a psychiatric facility and has a restraining order against them from one of your employees, probably should not. Not be chasing down this this other lady. He's he's probably lucky that he looks exactly like Bradley Cooper because women love Bradley Cooper. Uh, I love Bradley Cooper. If if this was Steve Buscemi or Tim Blake Nelson, who you guys know now, I'm a huge fan. But I'm just saying, Tim Blake Nelson might have been sent back to the psychiatric facility way faster than Bradley Cooper. So now he's running. He's about to run into his good friend, his best friend, Ronnie, who is super excited to see him. I need to figure out a way to get this, a digital copy of this on my computer because I'm trying to do some fun editing projects. Thank you. Right, this. You know, works out of control. You know, she had the baby. I'm really glad you're back. I miss you. I really need someone to talk to. We really need somebody to talk to. This has been. This this movie is so beautiful because every character is given character traits, a want, a tiny arc or something. They're not even. Not even necessarily like other storylines. It's just this character. He has this progression every time he sees Pat, and I feel like, I feel like it's for comic relief. He's not trying to make any commentary on anything he could have. You could make a whole movie on sort of this character that's getting suffocated, but it's it's just to a comical level it, because you have so many other flawed characters um i think i think partially too it's sort of the fact that like the the robert de niro and jackie weaver relationship pat's mom is the most subservient character in this whole film uh so you have sort of like the the typical what you think domineering dad who's just really hard on his whole fa- whole family he he loves them but that's also sort of because they like changed the the family to a more prominently italian family because like in the book the the characters called pat peoples this is actually something pointed out to me by one of my listeners uh, who who looked up and and found out she said that the only information she could find on the change that we talked about in episode two when i'm talking about the difference between the movie and the book she said that that uh, the changing of Pat Peoples to Patrizio Solitano Jr. Excuse me, that was the worst time 
or um anyway it was was you know just adding one you have bradley cooper who's an extremely handsome and attractive actor so give him a slightly better name a more realistic name i know people's is a real last name but uh you know now he's patrizio salatano jr um instead of pat peoples so there's that you now have robert de niro as his dad and then you have them portray this sort of like uh you know it's it's this family now that has is playing a little bit to the italian stereotype i don't know if it's necessarily like the the italian stereotypes in life but definitely the way italians are portrayed on film which is sort of ironic because you have so many other minority groups represented in this movie that, and this is an awesome thing about it, get to be portrayed way more neutrally than they do in most other movies. Like, I like his doctor. He is an Indian character. And that is not a super prominent issue in this. So it comes up briefly in in a fight at the Philadelphia game. But honestly, Philadelphia fan could fight over almost anything anyway. We'd, we'd, you know, I don't even know if it has to do with that. Specifically, that's just sort of the excuse to use, like, uh, Indian, Asian, Asian guys watching the game make fun of the ones that are different. They fight about it. But because uh, you have that, uh, you have Ronnie, who is not not given an ethnic background or something but he's definitely i'm just gonna say not like veronica they're different doesn't doesn't play into anything right it's just fantastic so here's this this pat's about to to go have dinner like how everybody's saying the Sean Jackson, the oh, this is so funny. I always think it's is they it got awesome? a they got a little baby oh, actor Look, he got who's oh, sticking oh, her hand in Julia Stiles' mouth. Well, Julia Stiles has the smallest role that I've ever seen her have yeah, in this film, and even Why? that is good. She does a good job at it. It's because you can. You can tell she's a controlling wife. Like, she's definitely the captain of the ship. But it's not so overplayed that you feel like she's a terrible person. You know, it's just... It's just a dominant personality and a lot of requests. Her husband, Ronnie... Is, and like I was saying this earlier, every single time he sort of has like this escalating, I'm being suffocated. Oh, like again, I don't, don't get to do anything I want. But you don't have the typical them yelling at each other. It's, it, I really feel like it's a comical level. It's just they're taking a stereotype of something that happens and making fun of it. So they're about to... This is one of the few things that, I, that I'm... 
you. I think is a little bit of a flaw. I don't want to say it's a flaw. It's just Tiffany. one of the reasons why I say this movie isn't perfect and the book isn't perfect. Putting all the characters together, I feel like they they're needed to be a slightly stronger reason for the inciting events in this. It's sort of he gets out and everybody invites him over to dinner and Ronnie and Veronica invite Veronica's sister Tiffany over and Ronnie invites Pat over and then sets everything in motion. Pat acknowledges her beauty. This is something that was pointed out to me too. Pat acknowledges her beauty right up front. What about your job? So clearly he knows she's attractive. He just sort of feels like he is going to get back with his wife. That is an interesting thing. I was going to say so there again. I know I start every sentence with so. I'm so sorry. And I also talk with a Boston accent sometimes. Um, Apparently when I say conversation too. Not going to do. Let's just watch this movie for a second. See what's going on. Silver Linings Playbook. Come on. Guess what it is. Oh, it's a television. Uh, it's a nope. computer Just screen. Keep going, keep going. It's keep a brick going, oven. Going. It's a brick oven. It's a light. Ooh, it's warmer, a, it's warmer, a, warmer. This it's is an opportunity to have the two characters team up. A brand new. It's their second time standing together. They were very confrontational in the first one. Not very confrontational, but the, the characters are posed against each other because you have one that's saying, um, you know, where's your husband? Tommy's dead. They're, they're not happy with each other. Then they have to go, and Veronica's trying to show them around the house and show off her different things. And the two of them both are having a miserable time at the dinner. Neither one of them wants to be there. So it's a case sort of of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Not not saying they're necessarily being enemies of Ronnie and Veronica. They just, you know, everybody's everybody's been to an invited to one of those social events where you just, you don't really want to be there. You know, it's terrible, like a work party or something. Mand- mandatory fun. Those are the worst. So you you sort of you buddy up with the person that you like the most in that situation, and if you're lucky, and then you just try to get out here. And then immediately, it's too. Even though Pat is going to go on and pretend like he's not liking her for a while, and he might not like like her for a while, but they clearly start showing that they have similarities. From the get-go, because they're about to talk about their medications. Me? None. I used to be on lithium and Seroquel and Abilify, but I don't take them anymore. No. They make me foggy, and they also make me bloated. Yeah. I was on Xanax and Effexor, but I agree. It wasn't as sharp, so I stopped. You ever take Klonopin? Klonopin, yeah. Right? Jesus. Like, is it what? Yeah. What day is it? (laughs) How about Trazodone? So I've watched I've watched this movie uh, with I'm off the top of my head at least at least two different women that have watched that conversation and almost been third party participants with them. 